On this episode of my podcast, I'm going to be talking about the NFL Draft's winners and losers. I'm going to start with five winners. First, the Ravens. With the 28th pick, the Ravens impressively got Patrick Queen, a linebacker from LSU. Queen shouldn't have been available there and could have easily gone in the early 20s. However, they stole him at 28. Queen is fast, athletic, and can cover running backs and tight ends, all of which are skills needed in today's NFL for tight ends. Their next pick was another great one, as they got running back J.K. Dobbins at 55. With Dobbins and Mark Ingram, the Ravens should have an outstanding run game. The Ravens made another good pick at 51, with defensive tackle Justin Matabuike. Mel Kuyper loved this pick, saying he's physical, can stop the run, and can also rush the passer a little, passer a little bit. Their next pick was a wide receiver, Devin DuVernay. They're going to have a good offense. They need to have a good passing game too, not just a good running game. So they took advantage of having Lamar Jackson as their quarterback by drafting a receiver from Texas at 92. Their next pick was another middle linebacker, Malik Harrison at 98. He's better against the run, and and the middle of their defense was a big need, which is why Queen and Malik Harrison are fill, are filling big holes and are great players to do it. Their next two picks were offensive guards, Tyree Phillips and Ben Breedson at 106 and 143. They needed to improve the offensive line. And in doing such, they can have an outstanding offense. Their next pick at 170 was another defensive lineman, Broderick Washington. He'll be used as a depth piece. At 201, they got receiver James Prochet. Prochet could have easily gone in the fifth round, maybe fourth in most drafts. But due to this deep receiver class, he went in the sixth round. Their next pick. Their last one of the draft at 219 was safety Geno Stone. Getting Stone at 19 was great value. My next winner is the Bengals. Obviously, they got Joe Burrow at first overall. Burrow is an amazing quarterback that won the national championship at LSU, lit up amazing defenses, and set many records. With their next pick... They got T. Higgins, a wide receiver from Clemson. Higgins is a massive 6-4, and him and Burrow can build a great connection for the next 10 to 15 years. The Bengals' next two picks were my favorite, as they got linebacker Logan Wilson from Wyoming and linebacker Akeem Davis-Gaylor from Appalachian State at 65 and 107. Both of those linebackers are fast, play off the ball, and also, like Patrick Queen, can cover. I love these picks for them. Their next pick was at 147, where they got defensive end Khalid Kareem. And then at 180, they got offensive tackle Hakeem Adenji. Both of those were also solid picks for where they got them. Their last pick of the draft at 215 was another linebacker, Marcus Bailey. All of these picks, like the Ravens picks, were good for where they got them and filled big needs. I'm a huge fan of the Bengals draft. The Giants ha- had a great draft too. 
they offensive line was a huge need for them for a few years, and they never really seemed to fix that. However, it looks like they finally did. With the fourth pick, they got Andrew Thomas, the safest offensive tackle in the class. At 99, they got offensive tackle Matt Pierre, who's more of a developmental guy. And at 150, they got Shane Lemieux, a guard who can also play center. All of these picks will help transform the offense, which is needed to allow Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones to play up to their full potential. The rest of the Giants picked were all defense. At 36, they got safety Xavier McKinney. McKinney is versatile, playing strong safety, free safety, slot corner, perimeter corner, and linebacker. At 110, they got Darnay Holmes, a 5'10 slot corner. Holmes is quick and fast and can also return kicks. The Giants then went on to draft three straight linebackers. Cam Brown, Carter Coughlin, and TJ Brunson. Then they drafted corner and Chris Williamson and another linebacker, Mr. Irrelevant, Tay Crowder. If I were the Giants, I would have drafted a receiver instead of one of those linebackers. However, after the draft, Joe Judge said that with the defensive scheme they're going to be using, they need lots of linebackers. The Giants, this draft, really solidified the offensive line and improved their defense. The Broncos' offense after this draft should be top five in the league. Denver already had Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant. However, this draft, they really set their offense apart from the rest of the league. With the 15th pick, they got the second best receiver in the draft, Jerry Judy. And at 46, they got another receiver, KJ Hamler. Hamler and Judy are both quick, excellent with the ball in their hands, and are threats to make a play and score a touchdown anytime. The Broncos also got a third receiver with their second to last pick of the draft, 252, Tyree Cleveland. The Broncos also got a tight end, Albert Okubunam from Missouri. He was teammates with Drew Locke for a few years, and hopefully they can continue their success together in the NFL. With their passing game already set, and their run game set with Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. It was time to build the offensive line, and the Broncos did that. At 83, they got center Lloyd Cushenberry, and at 181, they got guard Natain Muti. Cushenberry could have easily gone in the mid to late second round. However, they got him in the third round. And Natain Muti is talented. He dealt with his fair share of injuries in college, and that was a con- a concern as he was heading into the NFL. However, if he can stay healthy, that'll certainly prove to be a great pick. On defense, the Broncos got cornerback Michael Ojemudia at 77. I really like that pick. Ojemudia is a lengthy corner that is great in press man coverage. Then at 95, the Broncos got defensive tackle McTelvin Aguim. Aguim is another player that could have gone earlier than the Broncos got him at. I'm a fan of that pick, especially after they lost Derek Wolf in the offseason. The Broncos then filled a big need with linebacker Justin Jernot out of Wake Forest. And their last pick of the draft, which was the second to last pick of the actual draft, turned out to be my favorite that they made. They got edge rusher Derek Tuska. Tuska was drafted at 254, but I like him a lot. 
I think Tuska can be a lot better than people expect. And honestly, if I were general manager, I would have considered him in the sixth round. The Cowboys, like the Broncos, are a winner that made their offense top five in the league. At 17, they took star receiver, the best receiver in the draft, C.D. Lamb. Lamb will now be playing alongside Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup to form one of the best receiving cores in the league. And obviously, Dallas already has Ezekiel Elliott at running back. To improve the offense even more, the Cowboys drafted Tyler Baidaz to replace Travis Frederick, their previous center, who retired earlier this offseason. And with their last pick of the draft, the Cowboys got Ben Dinucci, who will back up Dak Prescott at quarterback. Secondary was a huge need for the Cowboys. So at 51, they got cornerback Trevon Diggs. Like Ojemudia, Diggs is lengthy and great in press man coverage. Trevon Diggs was converted from wide receiver, so he has great ball skills, and that's shown as he is now a cornerback. Diggs is actually the younger brother of now Bills receiver, Stephon Diggs. The Cowboys also drafted Neville Gallimore, a defensive tackle from Oklahoma. With the additions they made along the defensive line earlier this offseason, and Gallimore now, the Cowboys will have one of the best defensive lines in the league that will stuff their run. At 123, the Cowboys got another cornerback, Reggie Robinson. I'm a fan of Robinson and think that he can be a future pro bowler. And at 179, the Cowboys got Bradley and Nay. And they should have gone around 150, but he fell into the Cowboys' lap at 179. So that was fantastic value. Those are my winners of the draft, but not every team is a winner. So it's time to talk about the losers. The Seahawks are a massive loser. At 27, they took a middle linebacker, Jordan Brooks. Brooks wasn't even the best middle linebacker available. It was Patrick Queen, who the Ravens grabbed right after. The Seahawks didn't need a middle linebacker, with edge rusher and offensive tackle being bigger needs. They also could have looked to trade back. So they started off with one bad pick, but it got worse. With their second pick at 48, they reached for Daryl Taylor, an edge rusher from Tennessee. Their next couple picks were fine. They got Damian Lewis, a guard from LSU, and Colby Parkinson a tight end from Stanford. But at 144, they reached again for running back DJ Dallas. I had no idea what they were thinking when they made that pick. Their next pick, only four picks later, they got Alton Robinson. He was a decent pick, but right after, they reached for another player, this time wide receiver Freddie Swain. They got Swain at 214, however, I feel like he should have gotten undrafted and there were better receivers on the board. At 251, they made their best pick of the draft, tight end Steven Sullivan. Sullivan is more of a receiver. However, he's talented and might find some playing time this season despite being drafted late. That being said, although the Seahawks had two or three good picks, those picks didn't make up for the awful picks they had. The Bears were another team with a very bad draft. They started off with a tight end, Cole Komet. Tight end was definitely not a need, like middle linebacker wasn't a need for the Seahawks. Komet is the best 
tight end from the draft. However, like I said, they didn't need him. Their next pick was pretty good. They got Jalen Johnson, a cornerback from Utah. Johnson is another cornerback that is lengthy, standing at 6'1", and he's great in press man coverage. However, their next two picks were pretty awful. At 155, they got Travis Gibson, and at 163, they got Kendall Vildor. Gibson is an edge rusher, and Vildor plays cornerback. Those picks were reaches. At 173, they made another good pick, with wide receiver Darnell Mooney from Tulane. However, their next two picks were their worst. At 226 and 227, they got offensive tackles Arlington Hambright and Lachavius Simmons. Both of those players were not expected to be drafted. Those were some more very bad picks. The Packers, I guess they just gave up on winning another Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Well, at 26, when they could have gotten a receiver, they decided to get Jordan Love. I was kind of clueless as to why they did that. At 62, they get A.J. Dillon, a running back. Yes, Dillon is talented. He's a big, powerful runner that can be a nice complement in the backfield to Aaron Jones. But they did not need a running back. Wide receiver was a huge need. And they actually passed on taking a wide receiver this whole draft. Dillon was another reach. And at 94, they reached for Josiah DeGuara, a tight end from Cincinnati. Tight end wasn't the hugest need, and there were better ones on the board. 175, they took linebacker Kamal Martin. Kamal Martin fills the need. However, it still wasn't the best pick. Passing up on all these wide receivers was not a good idea. At 192 and 208 and 209, the Packers picked O-linemen. First, offensive tackle Joe Runyon, then center Jake Hansen, then offensive tackle Simon Stepaniak. Runyon is a good pick. But Hansen was a big reach, too. And Simon Stepaniak wasn't expected to get drafted, like some of these other names I've mentioned. At 236 and 242, the Packers went safety and edge rusher, with Vernon Scott and Jonathan Garvin. These were decent picks. But, like I mentioned with the Seahawks, did not make up for the other bad picks. Those are my winners and losers of the draft. So to sum it up, my winners were the Ravens, Bengals, Giants, Broncos, and Cowboys. And my losers were the Seahawks, Bears, and Packers. I also had the pleasure of interviewing a player that got drafted by the Buccaneers in the seventh round, running back Raymond Calais. I will be playing that interview right now. If you could describe the draft process in one word, what would it be and why? The draft process, in one word, um, would be, uh, oof, that's a good one. Um, I would say, I would say, uh, I would say challenging. Challenging? Yeah, because, um, you know, every, you know, every day it's, uh, you know, it's a challenge to, to, to get better and, yeah. you know, to, to, to always, uh, you know, try to perfect, uh, perfect your craft and, you know, you gotta talk to these coaches. You gotta work out. You gotta just always try to make the, the great first impression. So, um, I would definitely say it was, you know, it was challenging. What motivates you to put in all that hard work that it takes? 
know, just my, you know, just my family. You know, just just knowing, just knowing how I can change their lives and, uh, you know, and, and and you know, change it for the better. So, uh, just 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 grind hard. You know. Yeah. And coming into the draft, did you have any idea of where you might end up, or did you think it could have been any thirty-two teams? Yeah. Um. You know, I talked to I talked to twenty-seven out of the thirty-two teams, and uh, I had a good feeling. It was, it was either going to be uh, the 49ers, the uh, Carolina, the Bears, or um, the, the Arizona Cardinals. But, you know, just it just didn't work that way. And then, you know, it ended up getting picked by uh, some of the big Buccaneers. Were you surprised when you got picked by the Buccaneers? And what was your reaction when you got that call from them? Yeah, yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised because, you know, I never really had too many uh, – you know, contact uh, or talks with Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but um, you know, as soon as I saw the Tampa Bay area code, uh, you know, last was well, Saturday, man, I, I, I picked it up, and um, you know, there was a general manager saying he wants to make me uh, official Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and I was, man, I, uh, you know, it was crazy, man. I immediately started crying, and uh, you know, it was, a, it was, a, it was, a, it was a great feeling. And with the Buccaneers, you're obviously going to a team that's undergoing big transition. Are you excited to be a part of that? Yeah, man, just, you know, excited to get in there and work, you know, to, to learn a playbook and, you know, just to learn from Tom Brady and Gronk and, uh, you know, the, the, the other team vets. You know, just, just uh, you know, man, just trying, to, just trying to add my game, you know, just trying, trying to get better. Do you have any idea what their plan is? Are, you, do, are they going to have you join... Zoom meetings with the offense, with the running backs, coaches. Um, you know, I haven't, I never had discussions with them yet, but uh, most likely gonna have discussions with them tomorrow or Wednesday. So, you know, should should be getting some inf- information soon. And what are you most looking forward to about playing at the next level? Uh, like I say, man, just you know, it's it's uh, it's one of those things where, you know, it was always my dream, but then now I'm really. Really, really, you know, it's really starting to, you know, be set in stone. Then I get to learn from Tom Brady, you know, the GOAT. So I think that's, uh, uh, you know, you know, it's, it's going to be a really special year. And I'm just uh, I'm just ready to go in there, you know, ball out. You mentioned it's always been your dream. When did you first start playing football? Uh, when I was nine years old, started playing football. Um, and then, you know, as the, as the years went on, um, I went to I went to uh, you know junior high and I went to high school and I, I was I really started to excel at it and you know when I first got my first scholarship to go to college uh, you know I really I really started dreaming about you know being an NFL player or something. At one point did you realize you could become an NFL player and have that potential? Um, I want, I want to say in high school. In high school, I was I was you know far beyond one of the best players. You know, in my, you know, in, in the state of Louisiana, and uh, I just felt like, uh, you know, it was nothing that I couldn't do on the field. So, um, uh, you know, and then I was, you know, I, I also ran track, and I was a, I was, a, I was a state champion in track. So I was, I was one of the fastest, fastest guys, or part of the fastest person in Louisiana, in Louisiana for, for two years. So, um, now I felt like, felt like my game could transcend to the next level. Yeah, how much do you think that speed has helped you as a running back? Uh, you know, it's definitely helped me. You know, that's that's you know that's one of my biggest strengths. Yeah, yeah. One of my, one of my biggest strengths is my speed, and uh, you know, it's, you know, it's definitely a great thing to have. 
Are there any running backs you try to model your game after, or do you just take bits and pieces from all of them? Yeah, man, I just try to try to take bits and pieces from, you know, a lot, a lot of multiple guys, uh, like, you know, AK, Alvin Kamara, uh, Christian McCaffrey, you know, Austin Kirkland, uh, Philip Lindsay. You know, I just try to take bits and pieces from everybody and try to imp- implement it into my game. All of those running backs you just mentioned are guys that can pretty much do it all. And right. is that something that you, you think you can do at the next level? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I think I play running back. I can also, you know, motion out wide, you know, on routes, I can block, catch the ball to the backfield. I can also play on special teams. So, you know, I'm just a jack of all trades, man. I'm, I'm, I'm very versatile and, uh, you know, unique in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, that's that's it. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, yeah, anytime, my guy. I'd really like to thank Raymond Clayus for taking the time to do that. I was actually looking at him before the draft. I, I think he's going to be a very good player in the NFL. He has speed, athleticism, quickness. He can run. He can catch passes. He can block, like he said. He can do it all. And I'm excited to see what he can do in the NFL. He'll be a part of the new look Buccaneers. And when I say new look, I really mean it. They unveiled new uniforms. They have Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski. It's really going to be pretty much like a totally different team than we're used to in Tampa. So thank you, Raymond Coleus. And thank you all for listening to this episode of the Jules Rule Sports Podcast.